0: I saw this picture, and it's like, this is what's wrong with society. Yeah. Everyone's a robot. Yeah. Literally, there was no one in the picture that didn't have a phone up trying to record it. It's like, man, I w- look, I- I've recorded many of videos of games, mm-hmm. but like in a moment like that, I think I just kind of want to take it all in. It is
1: wanting to be a part of history instead of actually em- enjoying history. Does that make sense? Or it's choosing. It's not about want. It's about choosing to make yourself a part of it by documenting on it so that you can put it on social media right. instead of just enjoying the moment. And you know when I really realized it? When I've taken my kids to games, they're actually my favorite. If I, you know, we always joke about winning the lottery and stuff like that. If I, if the forever lottery, that kind of money, the bleep you money, um, all I do is take my kids on like experiential things. So it's like my favorite thing to do. And... When I first took my daughter, Livy, it's like six or seven years ago to her first Guardians game, well, at that that time, Indians game. There was a home run, and I saw, you know, we stand up. By the way, Albert Breer's going to join us in about 20 minutes now. Uh, He's going to move to uh, 540. But we all stand up, right? Me and Livy, I'm teaching her. When they stand up, you got to try and see if you can get the the home run, right? You got to celebrate. And I look around. In half the people, this is a baseball game, right? It's not this historic moment with LeBron. Half the people in our section, in the bleachers, had their phones out. And I was like, oh. And it's gotten worse. Like, from that moment, you go to any NBA game now. If it's a big moment, end a game. All right, there's two seconds left of the game. You've got an inbounds pass. The play's drawn up. You're going to have enough time to have the game-winning shot. Phone's up. Yeah. It's like.
0: Don't we just experience and, things and, anymore? And here's the thing, man. Like, I don't know about you, but when I go to an event and I, let's say I take a bunch of videos and I do it. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to be a hypocrite here because mm-hmm. I do. Like if I go to a Cavs game or something, or let's say I'm sitting on the floor, I'm going to take a video or a couple of videos, whatever, but I, I promise you this much. Do you know how many videos are on my phone from sporting events that I've never watched again? Yeah. Yep. I've never watched again. Yep never sent anybody, never even pro- probably put it on social media or nothing. Like it didn't doesn't matter. Do you think do you think teams do
1: you think do you think sports could get away with what comedians do now? Like I went to see Mulaney in September and I had to put my phone in one of those cases and you still carry your phone with you, but I couldn't get into my phone until we went out and the show was over. Like I, I would I would have I would have absolutely no problem If the NBA said, we're now going to be a phone-free experience. I would have no problem. NFL, the same thing. Because all the stuff that... The problem with that now is because of the gambling. Now, that's actually a really good point. No, I mean... You don't don't gamble on John
0: Mulaney concerts. (laughs) I mean, unless they got, you know, little... uh, um, Prop bets? Not not prop bets, but like if they've got kiosks throughout the arena, Mm -hmm. which they probably will at some point. I, that, I can't really see them point. getting rid of phones. Yeah, that, that's a really, really good point there.
1: Two one six five seven eight double oh nine two. Did you enjoy the picture of LeBron taking the historic shot and the uh, backdrop of 75 phones uh, in the screen there? So, you know, we kind of got away from talking about the LeBron thing, but I maybe this is a question we can ask Albert coming up in about uh, 15 minutes here is this idea of LeBron's longevity versus Tom Brady. Because I think we view Tom Brady, right? or sorry, we view quarterbacks as, man, It's it's the toughest position to play because of the threat of getting hit, the threat of significant injury, plus you're literally orchestrating offensive runs. I look at what LeBron has done and I don't I really don't mean this to diminish what Tom has done. I think the kind of basketball, the kind of physicality LeBron has endured from the second he stepped into the NBA to never miss any more than roughly half a season or less than half a season and to play for 20 years in the NBA I think is I think it's it's, it's more impressive to me than what Tom did. Because Tom played in an era where, one, his style didn't get him hit a lot. That's actually, to me, if Tom if Tom was a quarterback that held on to the ball longer, mm-hmm. he would not have played 20 years in the NFL. No, he, he got his rid style, of it so quickly. His style aided that. And then... Oh,
0: and the, the, the rules changed. Yeah. In, like, the last 15 years... By the way, did you see somebody post that video on Twitter the other day of Dilfer with, like... Most clean pocket ever, and some receiver running wide open, like uh, not a not a defender within like twenty yards. Just missed him, and he throws it out of bounds.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Dilfer Dilfer dug himself a big hole with those comments well, when about Tom. You got Tom tape Brady. out there like that. I mean, you, you got to be careful. But making those comparisons, like and again, I don't mean it to be a demeaning thing. But LeBron,
1: because here's the thing: we can say that in the NBA, the contact has diminished. That's true for almost everybody. Not LeBron. I still watch LeBron. I mean, we know the big, that was at the end of the Celtics game, where LeBron did the big dramatic, the operatic
0: oh. performance of uh, outrage that he didn't get the foul call. It, it literally looked like a two-year-old child having a, t- a temper tantrum.
1: Uh, if he If that performance was on a stage, he would have won a Tony. I'm just telling you, it was a, gold, a beautiful a, a Golden Globe. He he might have got the EGOT. I don't even know if you can win an
0: EGOT for all. That. I'm just saying What's it was a beautiful for
1: soap operas. I think it's mostly for musicals, but I think no. it's I okay. think it's theater.
0: Oh, it's musical. I think it's theater. It's Theater. Yeah. yeah. What do they give for the uh, soap operas?
1: Anything? Um, money. I think that's all they get. <laughs> golden Globes. Is that Golden they, Globes? Are they involved with that? Yeah. I thought that was just TV. So it was soap operas. So would it would it be best <laughs> soap opera? They even wow. call it that. Still can't believe Steven is in a soap opera. What I still can't believe Stephen A. Smith on General Hospital makes total sense to me. <laughs> makes
0: total sense.
1: <laughs> Wait, did you just say that I killed your brother? That's blasphemous. Uh, sorry, sidetrack. Not a great Stephen. Breath. A.
2: Smell it like Similac.
0: <laughs> um, say what you want to say, Jay Williams.
2: Daytime, okay. em, daytime em, em, Emmys. I can't get that out. Daytime <clears throat> Emmys. Yeah. Daytime Emmys. Is it? Did,
1: it is? Do they have a best soap opera? The uh, the Soap Opera Digest Awards.
0: I may offend some people here right now. I don't even know if that's a thing Nick, anymore. I may <laughs> offend some people. Get a King. F- I'm not gonna say it.
1: Oh no, you can't do that uh, to me. I have listen. I put it out there today. I went on the Cleveland. This is for you. That put, that's that's some stones to say that in town that that was a Nike thing, not a not a Cleveland thing. Uh what else?
0: I went it on L.A. So, fans. Like I'm a Heisman Trophy voter, right? Uh uh-huh. huh. Keith is as well. And Keith, how many Heisman voters are there? Like five hundred thousand? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I think there's Fifteen hundred, right? but I can't remember the exact. There's number. a lot. Okay. The point is, it, it's you know, it's cool, but it's not like it's not like an elite group. Yeah. Okay. I feel like everybody in local TV has won an Emmy at some point. So like we're like you know like Fox A like, like everybody. not no, not just locally. I'm not uh-huh. saying locally here. I'm okay. saying I follow a lot of personalities across the country uh-huh and i feel like everyone wins an emmy yeah
1: oh so it's like uh if you just submit you're gonna get an i don't emmy. know
0: how does that work we should ask again Ken i'm carmen i'm not trying to ruffle feathers here i, I mean
1: his this can have his local emmy yet i'm sure he'll win one Got the whole dale hansen vibe going on he now does. what happened to that guy He retire <laughs> gloria vanderbilt Oh. I'm, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He's alive. He, he's, I think I think Dale's still around. Is he on TV?
0: I think How so. How many Emmys does that guy have?
1: Oh. All the daytime Emmys and nighttime Emmys. All the local Emmys. Any of the Emmys. 578 0092. Quick Google search. LeBron's longevity versus Tom Brady's longevity. Which one is more impressive? I'm still going to give it to LeBron. One, both are one. It's like who's richer, Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos? What day is it? What what is your true uh you know, which website are you on? What is your or th- not that website. That's a different website. Um You know, like w- do we also have the accumulated wealth on top of the things they own, all that kind of stuff? For you, what what is Can we get a Marconi we could. Probably not gonna be based off this segment. No, I don't think no. so.
0: No. Did the station get a Marconi? There was a nomination. Nomination. A oh, nomination. Yeah. That's right. It's yeah. an honor just to be nominated. It's an honor, man. Bleep that. What are we gonna do if Barrett Sports Media puts us at like seven? Well, it could be worse. I think it's, it could be worse. <laughs> it could be worse? Yeah. Can you stomach if it's like You've worked for 12. every every PD in the country? Just
1: about. All in one station. I work for four different PDs. They at better one give you good votes. They better every one of them. You know what? I should probably send a message tonight. Just be
0: like, "Hey, you vote for me." Send a message to to, to, to Barrett. Ooh! Oh, we got a call. Okay.
2: Yeah. All right. Good. Eric, Thank you. Thank you. Explain, explain these the Emmys local to news us.
0: Emmys. I don't know how this works.
2: Okay, so here's the deal about local news Emmys. Right? Kind of a sham. You have to pay money to enter. Well, you've, you've got to pay money to
0: enter yourself.
2: You have to pay money to enter yourself. Does the
0: station cover is that, that or you have to pay it individually?
2: It depends where you're at. Most okay. people cover it individually. Most stations will cover it, but if you get to a crappy station, they make you pay for it. Wow. It depends on the market. It depends where you are. Okay. But here's the deal, right? So you pay for it, and then what they do is you submit like a small portion of your work, and they have about 50, 60 categories. You send it off, it goes to another market for people to judge it, not just any judge. It's like people who may have been at work there for a week or two weeks, they're eligible to judge. You don't have to be a member of the academy or anything like that to judge. So let's say I'm in Cleveland. They could send my work to Dubuque, and some guy in Dubuque could say, yeah, that's Emmy-worthy, or maybe not. And that's how you get your Emmy. It sounds so like a, so it's a, it's a real wrong. scam. So I'm not wrong.
1: It sounds like a real
0: scam.
2: It's it's kind of a scam. It kind of is. And so you're uh, paying so for no the trophy. Thing, your point. What's that?
0: You're paying for the trophy.
2: Yeah, you're paying for the trophy.
0: Man, wow! You're
2: paying for the trophy. Pee football. Dale huh. Han- Dill retired, but he's a great guy.
0: Okay, it seems like a great, great guy.
2: Kenny, Kenny gives me the kind of Dale handsome vibe. On All right. Yeah. All right. So it's not just us yeah, to yeah, think good, that. Good Eric. Inside, Eric. Thank really good stuff, buddy.
1: Should we start our own awards? If there's money in it, should we start our own awards? Emmys originate in Dubuque. They do? Uh, think about that. That's what I got to Think do. about the power no, trip. No, I think he just, you I live, just threw out a random city. You live in Dubuque. You got nothing to do than cover <laughs> then local elections Emmys. and judge Emmys. Are you telling me that's not a power trip? Uh, yeah. I think we should start our own awards if we can figure that formula out. Right. Make people pay to enter our awards, and then we just enter it. I think that's and all we gotta it all. do is make trophies. What should we judge? What should our awards be? No, they pay for it, and then somebody else makes them. Just, Albert Breer,
0: just this time, twenty minutes later,
1: of MMQB on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Welcome to the show, buddy. What's up, Bert?
3: Hey, hey, guys. What's happening?
1: Oh, we're just enjoying Roger Goodell's comments at the Super Bowl. <laughs> Albert, let's be real honest yeah. here. Does Roger Goodell really believe NFL officiating has never been better?
3: I mean, I, I think it's sort of gotten to the point where he doesn't care about lying to us anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he won't even try to mislead. He'll just flat out tell you something that isn't true. Um, so, you know, like, that's one thing. I, You know, and, and then the other thing was saying that it's not all about revenue and that they're not solely focused on revenue. I mean, you don't need to say these things. You know what I mean? But. But he chooses to, and, you know, obviously, you know, it makes it hard to take anything else he says at face value after he says things like that. I mean, look, like, I've I defended the officials in the past. Like, I think their job is incredibly difficult, you know? Um, I think there are a lot of things that are incredibly difficult about it. But, I mean, this was not a good year for NFL officiating. And what makes it worse is the league's not doing everything it can with the technology that it has to try and fix the problem. So, you know, I, I think that there is certainly blame um, for the officials. I think there's blame for the league too. I think it's asinine that they're not held accountable the same way the players and coaches are. Um, and, you know, again, like it, it the, the problem, the problem I think that, that that's, that's out there related to all this stuff is, well, the ratings keep, you know, stay where they are. And you know, obviously the game is where it is. And it's still a great product and, um, so, you know, it allows them to whistle past the graveyard and things like this. But I, I, I know this, like, it. I think it ruins the experience of watching a game for a lot of people in certain cases. and um, I certainly know the way teams, the way coaches, the way players talk about the officials privately because they can't say anything
0: publicly. Albert, we were debating, we don't know this, but are these yeah. officials full-time now? Do they get benefits? Like, is this just something they're doing year-round? Well,
3: they didn't want to be full-time. So there are a few full-time officials, but they didn't want to be full-time because they want the ability to work outside um, of the of officiating. And because a lot of them do have like lucrative full-time jobs, you know, they're lawyers and doctors and um, people who are really accomplished, you know, outside of the game. Um, and they and and I know like their union had felt like, you know, if you force them to go full-time, then a lot of guys are going to have to make a choice between, you know, what probably is a lucrative job somewhere else, um, and officiating. And so, um, that's, I think part of the issue, you know, is sort of how you pay these guys, um, you know, and, and losing guys to networks. I know Roger said that that wasn't a problem today, but it actually has been a problem I have lost guys, um, to, to networks that are willing to pay them a lot more than the legal pay them to stay on the field. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's certainly part of it, you know, it's, You sort of – I think you get out of something, but you invest in it. And whether it's through technology, what they're paying the officials, how they've structured officiating, um, it certainly doesn't feel like they've invested everything that they possibly can to try and get the thing right. And, again, like I I say that while acknowledging with as big and fast as the athletes are on the field now, um, it's – I mean, I've seen what an NFL game looks like at field level. Dustin, you played in NFL games. Um, I don't know how anybody makes heads of ta- heads and tails of everything that's happening out there, how you can process absolutely everything that's happening out there. So I think it does make sense to try to give them as much help as you possibly can, and the league hasn't done
2: that either.
1: Albert Breer of the MMQB on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Um, we got into the conversation about how the Chiefs and Eagles, neither team really has had to play the villain role yet, and that yep. that got into a conversation about who is the NFL's uh, biggest villain right now from a team perspective, and yeah. I, I, I sold it that, that I think it's the
0: Browns. Would you agree?
3: Because of Deshaun.
0: Because of Desha- and the, yeah, contract. the contract and Jimmy has them all the whole thing.
3: Um, yeah. I mean, I, I
0: yeah. You tend to think the villain has to be
3: winning, right? Um, so <laughs> that's a good point. The fact Owls. that they haven't,
2: they that's haven't won in a
3: couple of years. I mean, that's kind of a toothless villain for right now, and I'm not saying they can't turn it around. I mean, they can turn it around pretty quickly and win. Um, yeah, yeah, I could see that. I mean, I think the Cowboys are always in a lot of people's eyes sort of the villain, right? The Patriots have been the villain for all those years. The reason they're not the villain anymore is because they're not as good as they were. Um, I, do you guys think the Chiefs are going to turn into that?
1: Yes. I think with okay. another Super Bowl, I think it's possible.
3: Right. Cause I think like that's what eventually happened. I mean, people forget this. The Patriots were everybody's darling at first, right? Like they, they were. And, you know, then they they won too much and Spygate happened. And, um, you know, Bill's act, I think, grew old with some people. And Tom, you know, obviously reached a level of stardom that I, I think some fans felt like put him out of touch with the normal person. And, and, uh, and yeah, you know, like I just think that that's sort of, that's how that happened. That's that's how that happened, and it's it's not hard to see where that could happen with the Chiefs, as consistently as they've won. I also think an interesting team to watch in that in that way would be the Bengals. Um, if they were able over the next few years to achieve that level of success, they've got an edge and like a cockiness about them that I think could turn some people on them too.
0: Albert, uh, to get your uh, your comments on this, um, we were kind of chatting about this. We may have brought this up to you before in the past, but today we had a conversation because Lima this morning just kind of was like looking at, hey, listen, let's look at the last couple of Super Bowls and the winners and you know, the way that these teams run this offense. Like, can you really name the star running back of the Rams last year? Or you know, the, the Eagles are probably going to let Miles Sanders walk after this season. Yeah. The Chiefs, you know, who the hell knows who, who's going to be their their you know bell cow running yeah. back? Like the way that this the NFL's offenses are built, the good offenses. I mean, does Nick Chubb make sense for what the Browns are trying to do? And I'm not trying to run Nick Chubb out of town. I'm just, I'm just bringing the. We're just having
3: well, a conversation. I think he, here's the thing, like about that, Dustin. Like he's such, and we talked about this before. They paid him, right? He's such a big part of their identity, and he sets such a high standard, and he's such a good example for everybody else. And you know, I know he's not the the most vocal guy, but he's definitely a leader and respected there. It was worth it. And and really, if you look at his price point, I think it's 12 million per. Right. Like, what are we talking about exactly there? Like, what are you going to have at $12 million? that's going to be more valuable than Nick Chubb. That's the way I look at it at least. Um, yeah, that's like what, you know, pretty good, pretty good linebacker costs, pretty good off ball linebacker costs. I think Nick Chubb's worth that, you know, like, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I, I understand what you're saying. I think Chubb's sort of unique for a number of different reasons. And, you know, I, I think, you know, when you're building an offense, um, for Deshaun Watson, he could wind up being a very valuable piece of that, too. Um, so I understand what you're saying. There's no question that that position's been devalued across the NFL. I don't know if it really changes, though, You know what the Browns were thinking a couple of years ago when they did the contract for, for Nick.
1: Albert, looking to the Super Bowl here, um, I made the point earlier, I, I didn't feel yet like there's a buzz for this game. I know you're you're out in Arizona. I'm assuming you're out in Arizona, yeah. but you're out in Arizona. Um, is there a buzz there?
3: Not really, but I mean, like I think that that's I don't know. It, the weird thing is we haven't had a regular Super Bowl in a while. Like last year, the teams got in, like teams got the teams got in early, but um, but like the Bengals and you know I just felt like that was still sort of in COVID. You know, the Rams were at their home facility, and then obviously the 2021 Super Bowl, the 2020 season, the, the Bucks and the Chiefs was all weird. So it's been three years since we've had a normal one. And um, I, I feel like Thursday is sort of when things start to pick up a little bit. So, you know, I think that's coming. I, I, I think the other part of it, too, um, you know, from a buzz standpoint and everything else, we're sort of used to these teams. You know, like the Eagles were here five years ago. Now it's a totally different team. But, you know, the Eagles have sort of been consistently – a part of the mix outside of the one year where they where the bottom fell out on them. And then, um, you know, the, the, the chiefs have obviously been, you know, they're getting into that territory where it's like, what else can we say about them? So I think that's probably part of it too.
1: Albert, great stuff, man. Um, enjoy Arizona while you can. We appreciate you buddy. And, uh, gosh, I can't believe the end of the seasons here.
3: I know. I know. Well, Not soon enough, if you ask me. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a long year, buddy. If I say that, right? Right.
1: (laughs) Nah, not at all. Be good, buddy. Uh, Thanks, Albert. All right. Thanks, guys.